should probably prepare intros beforehand, shouldn't I? Yeah. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Have You Seen, episode 29. I'm Kieran Lefort, and opposite me, filling himself with energy drinks and looking like he's just come from a safari, is Tom Webb. <laughs> Hello. Uh, did you find Dr. Livingston? <laughs> no. Oh, damn it. Oh, well. Tom Webb, I presume. I'm just trying to make Indeed, him spray yeah. Mountain Dew energy across the studio. <laughs> right. We need to talk about some movies. We do, yeah. yeah. Yes. Let's get started. Um, last week. What did we do last week? My brain's failing. Perhaps really? I need some of that. Yeah. That is. Um, we, well, last week I pitched you Battle Royale. Yes. And you pitched me Damned United. Yes. So two more different films you could not. Well, hope ex- for, yeah, I exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, although a cross between the two would be well, yeah, that's a sight to behold. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, we might as well start with Battle Royale because okay. I, I, like I said last week, it's one of those movies that pitching it to you, I have no real idea what you're going to think of it. Particularly, I, I, it's kind of you know, it's got the all the hallmarks of something you would like. Yes. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping you did. Um, but I'll do a quick recap. First. Indeed, and then I'll tell you what I thought. All right. Okay. So Battle Royale um, is a Japanese film set uh, in the near future, I guess. Um, the Japanese government have uh, basically captured a class of ninth grade students and they've forced them to kill each other on an island. Um it's all part of this battle royale act, and the reason they have this act is because they believe that the the youth will be the the destruction of uh, Japanese society, and basically it's a it's a way to teach the youth a lesson that they need to respect their elders and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, they all get to wear these funky collars that explode if they. They go do in. look a bit like last futuristic wristwatches, don't they? They do, they do yeah. yeah. Um, so it's all kind of crazy, uh, but it's basically a, a group of teenagers uh, running around with uh, all sorts of different kind of weapons and you know just trying to off each other uh, at the nearest available opportunity. So, what did you think of it? I thought it was really good. Yeah, I really Yay! enjoyed it. Yeah, Excellent. no, it's great. Um, it's. It's very Japanese, yes, and slightly dated. Yeah, in, yeah, in a little bit. And I think actually, I think that DVD, yeah, is it's a not dodgy transfer. It's yeah, not it's the, not the best. I think it's a, it's one of the, um, is it a Tartan? Yeah, video. Yeah, so I, I don't think they spruced it much from the VHS no, copy. No. Really, there is. Uh, I did see online earlier today. There's a three disc Blu-ray version, right? So uh, quite what that entails, I didn't go into, but I imagine a fancy picture is one of those things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's brutal. It's uncompromising. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's shocking. It's unpredictable. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, one of the notes that I wrote down uh, that I didn't say last week was it unnerves me from the start. The imagery is really, really kind of creepy, and there's some <laughs> just really kind of crazy stuff. Hmm. And um, you know, I kind of see it as a horror movie, really, more than anything else. I guess it kind of is. I mean, I put it in the... Like, it's a slasher film in which everyone is the slasher. Kind of, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, and I mean, I, I put it in the vein of a horror movie in the same sort of style as you could class Clockwork Orange as a horror movie. Because it's kind of a vision of the future, like a dystopian yeah. future. I did see um, lots of reviewers online kind of effectively calling it a Japanese Clockwork Orange. Right, okay. Um, something slightly lost on me as I've never seen the Clockwork Orange. No, I, it's, that's one of those films that I'm not sure... Well, I don't think you'd like it. Mm. I think you'd find it a bit, you know, 
annoying and pretentious in places. But I think it is a film worth watching. Okay. Um, so I might pitch it to you at some point hmm. if I'm feeling like it. Hmm. I'd forgotten until I watched this just how much I enjoy watching Takeshi Kitano. Yeah, he's brilliant in this, isn't yeah. he? And that's one of the other notes that I didn't I didn't want to give away is mm. I love his character arc. Mm. The way you, you you know he kind of transitions from one thing to another. Yeah. And you, you kind of reveal things about He him. has an involuntary facial tick. Right. Um which I I believe it's the result of some kind of accident. Right. Um and he's he's got a twitch that he can't help. Right. Um and for a lot of people, that would kind of mean the end of their career. Yeah. But somehow, I don't understand how he's able to use it to enhance his performances in movies. Right. Okay. I've never noticed it. Really? really? No, not particularly. No. Uh, he can't. He's got. Uh, uh, it's almost like he can't. Uh, he can't stop himself occasionally winking his right eye. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I haven't. No- I hadn't noticed. It's in. It's in every every one of his films. Right. Okay. Um and I don't somehow it just aids his performance. Right. I don't really understand. But yeah. yeah, he's incredibly good. Um all the uh, child actors are also very good. Yeah, they're brilliant. Um, yeah. and as you said last week, no stunt doubles. No. no. Um I read I'm going to skip ahead a bit because I found uh to one of the customer feedback reviews I found online. Mm. Um if this was an American movie, the class would be played by people in their 20s and 30s. Yeah. Two or three of the students would be given a lot of screen time and the rest would be faceless cannon fodder. Five seconds after the opening titles, you'd know who's going to survive, mm-hmm. uh, and that's entirely right. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. That would be um, the case. Yeah, you can't. You nowadays you have to compare this to the Hunger Games. Yeah, exactly. Which essentially just ripped this off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. I I have no interest in watching the Hunger Games. No, and that is exactly what the movie version. At least I haven't read the books. So I don't yeah. have no. time to read. No, for me, no. for me, everything I've seen of the books and of um, the uh, of the books and of the film, The Hunger mm. Games, it looks like the Twilight version of Battle Royale. Yes, yes. You know, there's a fantastic joke. I don't know where it came from. It's what oh. do they call the Hunger Games in France? Battle Royale with cheese. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, which pretty much sums it up, yeah. I think. Um, what do I really like? I really like the the instructional video. Yes. And the whole scene around that. Mm, yeah. Um, really is, sets you up for what you're going to get for it the does, next yeah. 90 minutes. Yeah, it veers from like full on like Japanese kind of culture overloads yeah. to like extreme violence, unexpected extreme violence and some it, pretty nasty deaths. It doesn't surprise me because I've been to Japan twice. Yeah. And pretty much everything there is presented in that kind of cutesy way. Yeah. Um, for example, uh, just the weather report mm. will have anime raindrops, dive bombing, <laughs> right? That kind of thing. Um, I saw an ad for uh, most people wear, you know, the little surgical masks. Yeah, yeah, the SARS yeah. masks. Yeah, um, they're they're mostly they're mostly due to like fear of pollution. Yeah, and the ads for those on TV have little anime germs smashing into them, <laughs> right. showing how Amazing. effective they are against germs and that kind of thing. <laughs> So it didn't surprise me that that video was done Doesn't in that it, yeah. kind of yeah. pop uh, pop style. Yeah. Um, well, although I, I will say, before you've seen that, the yeah. DVD menu, out of context, yeah. is really weird. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? It was freaking yeah. me out. But the, the bit I love in that scene where they're watching this kind of cutesy video on how they're going to kill each other mm. and all the kids are completely horrified. Yeah, Kateshi Katana's sitting there watching. Clapping it, along. Everybody clapping watch along. the video. Yeah. And then, then every time she says, like, you know, say hello, he's like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, to, uh, when you get to, to the end, mm. towards the end, 
you see him him alone in um I guess it's an exercise yard. Yes, and doing he's, play, he's doing like morning exercises yeah. along with his CD in a yeah. in a, in a boombox. Yeah, um, ugly shrimpy knit is my new favourite insult. <laughs> That's what one of the girls gets called. Yeah. Um, there's just things like having an on-screen tally is a good idea. Yes, I yeah, was very able much so. to keep track of these variously identical looking yeah. students who are all wearing their school uniforms. I guess it could be kind. Yeah, exactly. About once they got down to the last ten, yeah. I paused it and I wrote down who I thought was left. Right, and I was right. Oh, that's complete good. with character names, not just GPS kid or yeah. bomb guy. <laughs> yeah. I knew all their character names, so that yeah. that's kind of a testament to. Yeah, no, I think it does that really well, and uh, mm. that's one of the things I find quite chilling about it. Like the morning broadcast is like the since these I last died, these are the people that yeah. died. It's like oh, okay, and steer clear of B six. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the only thing that kind of confused me a little bit, and I guess this is only because I have a, a slight ear for Japanese language, is it's a little confusing when the subtitles are throwing everybody's given names, but right. people are actually referring to each other using their surnames. surnames yeah. 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 I'm assuming it's just because that's a clarification. Just I guess it Western is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Audiences, isn't it? Yeah. For subtitling yeah. purposes. I think, uh, what else did I write? I'm basically just rattling through my notes. Um, the painting... Yeah, towards the end mm. is extra creepy when you find out that Takeshi Kitano did that himself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I like how uh, one of the things I liked actually was how it slowly his obsession over the girl slowly kind of comes out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think I I love all of the bits of his character that get like the phone calls he has with his son who he's never there for. Yeah, and and how how you you change your opinion of him. Because you kind of think he's just kind of this horrible man who's putting his class through this, and then well, no, even before that, he is—he's a hard done by teacher to well, start he with. Is, just a normal yeah, hard yeah. done by teacher. Yeah. You first time you see him is in uh, the classroom where his class have come in and said, "We're taking the day off because we feel like it," and he's oh, just sitting yeah. looking dejected yeah. on the desk. And then he gets stabbed. and then he gets stabbed. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you can kind of understand why he might nominate his class for yeah. this in the first place. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, and then he just kind of. It just kind of turns into the monster, yeah. and even not like a snarling, raging lunatic. No, no I think the most the most evidence of him being that that monster element is in that scene where the kids are finding out exactly what's going to happen. Um, yeah, and he and how many he kills three he, of them. Uh, it's either two or three. Yeah, yeah. One one of them gets the collar blown off, doesn't he? Yes. Uh, in a demonstration, and he he throws a, gu- a knife in another girl's head, doesn't yes. he? I th- is there another one? I think he only personally kills, kills two, two and then yeah. one, and there's another death, isn't there? Yeah. 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 Um, the moral of the story, Yeah. if there's someone in the playground you fancy, tell them before you're forced to kill each other on an island somewhere. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because an awful lot yeah. of that was, uh, oh, I like so-and-so. Bang! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I've always liked you. Stab. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've been and watching I, you from afar for yeah, years. And I've loved you. <laughs> yeah, 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 I've loved you for so long, and I don't mind that you just shot me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Did you have a particular favourite death? I'm trying to think. There's quite a lot. I was looking. It's interesting the way it was shot because we talked about the lack of stunt doubles. Yeah, there aren't actually a lot of stunts in it. 
It's no. very carefully shot yeah. and edited. Yeah. So there's no need for people to jump off things or fall over no, things. No, there's a There few. are a couple. Yeah, and um, it's mostly, uh, there's a, quite a lot of kind of t- tumbling down a hillside. Yeah, but and, kids do that all the yeah, time. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. There are, there are a couple of bits where people were a bit closer to explosions than I would have liked them to have been. Yes, yeah, there's a couple um, of those, yeah. Uh, but I guess health and safety laws are slightly more lax. Yeah, uh, that's kind of generalising about the Japanese <laughs> film industry. I think. Um, but uh, I'm struggling to think of favourite deaths. The um, the poisoning scene, yeah, which just ends in an absolute bloodbath. Yeah, is uh, is quite shocking. Yeah. Um, who else? What else? I can't think off the top of my head. There's the axe to the head. I have seen, since I watched this, I've seen three other films. So oh, forgive right, me fine. if my memory is not the most clear. Yeah. I like one of the, I like actually one of the best ones I think is one of the first ones you see mm. with the kid with the crossbow. Yes. And the other kid ends up, like he falls down a hill and drops it and another kid picks it up. Mm. And then this kid who had the crossbow just tries to go at him to kill him because mm. he's he's like in a frenzy that he's yeah. got to kill everyone because yeah, he's yeah. going to get killed. And the other one just runs away and fires blindly. Mm. And you know that's the moment where he's like, oh, okay, this is actually really yeah. properly real and mm. I'm going to have to, you know, I've just killed a friend and now I'm going to have to kill many more. Sort of. mm. So that, I think that one works particularly well. Yeah. There's the um, the two girls who get gunned down on the mountain by the, the yeah. silent villain. Yeah. Who's a... Horrible, chilling, nasty, <laughs> yes. nasty piece yeah. of work. Yeah, that, I think he, I think he has a good performance, and also the other guy who who kind of they are basically the, you've got the, the the school kids, but then there are two volunteers. Yes, uh, one of them is the silent bad guy because he just does it because he he enjoys it. Yeah, and then the other one has this backstory of a girl he was with. He won it. He yes. won a previous round of battle royale, mm. and he was in love with a girl. But I think it's still kind of towards uh, at the end. You still don't entirely know if that's true or not. I well, don't exactly, think. yeah. Because he also uh, had, uh, says his father is three different things. Yeah, over he the does. Course of the yeah, film. yeah. So you're always you're always led to slightly m- mistrust him. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, yeah. Overall, it's uh, it's really good. I mm. liked it a lot. I shall be. Buy my own copy. Oh, perfect. Possibly not of the three disc Blu-ray edition, but right. Um, my only my only final note is uh, where they are at the very end, Mm. uh, after it's over, and going to be a spoiler here. Some people survive. (laughs) Uh, Will you see them at the end in Tokyo? Uh, I've been there. I recognised it. Excellent. (laughs) Um, yeah. Should I move on to what the rest of the world thinks about it? Yeah, do. Um, back to that first review I read out earlier, actually. Yeah. Uh, it carries on to say, the true genius of Battle Royale lies in the ensemble playing of the entire cast. Although young, not one of them strikes a dud note, and the script gives almost all the students a chance to shine at some point. Uh, the fight scenes are not staged in the style of Enter the Dragon. The kids aren't weapons experts or karate champions. We see them kill each other, but we're not invited to hate them. They are, after all, children. They're scared and desperate. Mm. And that's right. Mm. I don't think it's... Um, it's bloody, it's gory, it's violent, but I don't think it's glorified in any way. No, not at all. No, I think it's quite hard hitting, really. Yeah. Um, it's the same way as we talked about, uh, as we talked about the raid. Yeah, everything is done in a style that these are people who have to survive. Yeah, and as we said with that, if you if your surviving depends on making sure the person next to you is dead, you're going to put three bullets in them instead of just one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For example, yeah. um, somebody else summed it up in six words. Mm. Grange Hill meets the running man. 
<laughs> oh wow, that's a brilliant analogy. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, I found a, uh, I found a couple of alternative titles. Yeah. Mostly it's battle royale, just kind of translates. Yeah. Uh, in Mexico, it was bloody game. Oh, that works. And in Slovenia, struggle to last. Yeah, that works too. Actually. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Although that one does sound like it should have um, Steven Seagal in it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and finally, uh, uh, David Loring on Facebook just says yeah. Battle Royale, ultimate cult classic, all kinds of batshit awesome. Awesome. I think that, uh, yeah, that, that all sums it up very nicely indeed. Excellent. All right. Should we crack on over to Leeds and the Dame United? Yes. From a small island of the coast of Japan <laughs> to, to Leeds. Uh, to Leeds. Yeah. Um, one second. I need to find my page on the Damned United. That's touch of evil. All right. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> you you got to have some sort of order in this Well, book. I was in some sort of order, and then I accidentally missed a page. Oh, uh, no, it's all out. Okay. Uh, and now it's all out of out of whack by kind of half a week. Right. Uh, and, oh, and one page fell out of my notebook <laughs> as well. <laughs> so I didn't buy the most expensive notebook. No. <laughs> um, the Damned United. Right, here we go. Um, it covers the... I say it covers... It's uh, it's a kind of semi-fictional account of uh, Brian Clough's ill-fated 44-day run as uh, manager of Leeds United uh, in 1974, who at that time were the top club in the country. Um, how it came to pass and a brief glimpse of what happened afterwards, or at least what the film says happened afterwards. Uh, Michael Sheen plays Brian Clough in one of his, as we said last week, not quite an impression, not quite a performance performances. Yeah, yeah. That kind of weird amalgamation of the two. Uh, and he's backed up by Colin Meany as um, the manager he takes over from, who is his former idol, now rival. Yeah. Uh, Jim Broadbent, mm-hmm. who's the chairman of the club he comes from, Derby County. Yeah. Timothy Spall as his right-hand man. Uh, and then there's a couple of other faces you'll recognise mm-hmm. hanging about with football boots on. Yep. Kicking yeah. the ball around. Um I know nothing about football. Tom also knows nothing about football. No. But let's see if he uh, liked the damn United. Yeah, I did. Excellent. It's really good. Good. Show over. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's really good. And I think that, uh, like you say, Michael Sheen is just brilliant at this sort of thing. Um, and the other thing I noticed about it is that it's also written by Peter Morgan, who yes. wrote Frost Nixon, The Queen. Mm. Um, so he does this kind of... St- kind of true to life dramatizations very very well yeah um he's just he also has written a film called rush which is about the the 1976 formula one world championship okay. which i'm really keen to see which i think is in post-production now mm-hmm. um and if that's half as good as the others have been you know i think it's gonna be really good although michael sheen's not gonna be in that one no well at least he's not but it will have leads. racing cars instead exactly yeah so you don't so have I'm to happy. look at any football yeah 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 stephen graham's amazing hairpiece <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah <laughs> um what right right off right from the start what i really liked about this was the use of things like um original footage mm. uh of the of the matches and and uh kind of blending that in with matched footage if you like and yeah. by that i mean like you know they they've shot things with um, Short things with Colin the actors, Meany, that that, that, with, yeah, yeah, that yeah. actually, you know, they then processed it to look like it's seamless with that other footage. Yeah. Um, you know, and they do things like having the, all the old like Yorkshire Television TV logos mm. and all that kind of stuff. So I think it all kind of it really sets its scene very, very well mm. using that that kind of footage. 
Um, you might be able to see from there that I've hardly got any notes. On I can see there I are was very just, few notes. I was just uh, really. I actually have twice as many notes. <laughs> yeah, as you yeah. Do. So, and that was because I was sitting there and enjoying it. Really. Excellent. Um, you see, my, uh, the, for similar reasons to Battle Royale, I had no idea what you'd make of this, mostly because of the subject yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's one of the things, like, normally I, I really hate football. I'll steer clear of it Yeah, all the time. Um, How does that work with your wife being a, a lifelong Liverpool fan? Um, yeah, okay, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I can avoid it. She she actually really enjoyed this as well. Mm. Um, cause she watched me and she has... Did she provide some historical insight for well, you? Well, no, I mean, this is obviously, this is set in the 70s when well, she yes. wasn't born. But yeah. um, so, but, but she obviously knew the characters because they were still around yeah. in the 80s when she mm. started watching football and stuff like that. So I think, you know... Again, Mike. In fact, Michael Sheen and um, Con Meany and uh, Timothy Spall were just all absolutely spot on, mm. fantastic. Um, I think that, like you said, it's it's kind of fictionalised. So they 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 slightly glorified Brian Clough to an extent, and then they slightly skewed Don Revy as well. I think so. Uh, the other things I've read are things like a couple of the a couple of the match results are not quite as stated. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. A draw was fudged into a loss to kind of make it make a bit it more through, dramatic. Right, fine, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mentioned that there had been um, legal action of both of the book yeah. uh, and, and the film. Uh, uh, Dave Mackay sued over the way he was portrayed in this film. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. Uh, and they try and make out when there's the vote of confidence yeah. for, for Clough and he's yeah. at the party and they're reading out the names, he says, but not Dave Mackay. Yeah. Mackay had left by then. He wasn't even part of the team. He right, was managing somewhere else at the time. Gotcha. So it was kind of... Yeah. He well, was kind of made to look like an ingrate, I think. Yes, yeah. I think I think generally, though, this is the area where Peter Morgan particularly excels is, is that kind of fudging of history to make a better story. Yeah. Uh, and in a way that's not too detrimental to the history itself. No, I guess not. You know, I mean... Overall, the story exa- is still he, the same. He, here. Yeah, exactly. He makes kind of little minor changes that might niggle the people involved or it might niggle certain people who are particularly pedantic about it. But I think mm. overall, the the films generally benefit from it. Yeah. Um, I know the Clough family don't like this film. Or no. rather, no, they don't like the book and they declined every invitation they were given to go to a screening. Right. They are, Apparently they are particularly unhappy that uh, he was shown, uh, that Clough is shown to smoke in the movie, which is something he never did. Oh, really? Yeah. That's kind of interesting. You just assume everybody smoked then. Yeah, it was in the fact, 70s. Everybody yeah, smoked. In fact, that's one of my, my next notes, which I love the fact when he's getting ready for the first time Leeds come to Derby County for mm. a, like a cup match. Mm. And he, he's in the dressing room and he lays out a towel for each player. And, and an, an ashtray. O- an orange for each yeah. player and an ashtray for each yeah. player. And it's like, you know, go, you know, obviously being more of a Formula One fan, watching footage of Formula One from the 70s and 80s mm. and seeing like pit crews changing tyres and putting fuel in cars with a fag on, with a fag on in <laughs> short sleeves yeah. short shorts and like a moustache <laughs> like that was that was the standard kind of thing and yeah. in this it was like you know tracksuit fag and perm yeah you know? pretty much but um, yeah so I think the, the montage is about Derby County rising to the top first of the second division and then the first division yeah. I think they're really really well done mm. because you've got a blend of original footage Shot to match footage, mm. and then you've got the on-screen graphics of the tables as yeah. the, you know as the points rack up and they move up the up the thing. I think you know even if you've got no clue how the football league works, you get the idea. You, you really understand how yeah. that 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 comes together. Yeah, um, yeah. I think one thing is that you do kind of feel that Brian Clough was 
pretty much borderline unbalanced. He was. I remember him. Yeah. From uh, I remember him managing Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Uh, and remember, always remember being a very interesting character. Yeah, he's. He, there were some brilliant. He would come out with some brilliant one-liners. A couple of which they use in a montage of interviews that yes. Michael Sheen delivers. Yes. Like like when someone says, Do you, "Are you the best manager in England?" He says, "I wouldn't say I'm the best manager in England, but I'm definitely in the in the top one." Yeah. And so he'd do things like that, which yeah. are you know entertaining. And that actually one of the notes that I made uh, was also that it's re- it was really nice seeing the old footage and stuff, even though like the Leeds team were really like dirty when it came to fouling and like mm. pun- like just outright punching people yeah. when the ref wasn't looking. Yeah. Um, it's great to see sportsmen who aren't worried about what the media and the public think because <laughs> now everything like you know every interview you see post match or like post race or whatever mm. everyone's putting on the PR speak and yeah. it just kind of gets a bit samey and then if anyone has a little outburst that's again like slightly out of character for that environment yeah the media leap on it and and you know rip it to pieces yeah. and it seems like a shame that you missed those because there are no real like it's difficult to have proper villains in sport now yeah i guess it is you know i guess it is you mentioning uh mentioning leads being kind of dirty yeah is what i liked is actually seeing the old footage of the matches and seeing that yeah. they were actually as dirty yeah. as he makes them out to be <laughs> absolutely yeah the evidence is there yeah yeah i mean there were things like i mean um there's one scene I think I think what was it Kevin Keegan possibly who was I think he was playing for Liverpool and someone like mm. uh, Stevie Graham's character uh, well the person Stevie Graham was portraying which yes. was uh, uh, Billy, Billy Bremner, Bremner yeah. like you know taps him on the back with one hand yeah. and as he moves he just punches him dead in the kidney with yeah. the other and almost like floors him because he, he punches him so hard and, mm. and then you know then the ref turns around when Keegan gets up and lamps him in yeah. retaliation and yeah. then that you know it's kind of like it's kind of a lost art in a way. <laughs> I know, you know, because I mean, do you think you've watched more football if this happened more often? Quite possibly. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can remember kind of the tail end of that. That it, when, because you know, when you're a kid, you hear about like I think it was Vinnie Jones was really like the last person oh, yeah. that would do that kind of stuff, mm. and you know, not so much anymore. I think it, you know, it, it, I, it's one of those things. I guess it's good for sport that that foul play and uh, safety play more of a part. Mm but it does make it a bit less To the detriment of entertainment in yeah. some cases. Yeah. Well, I, we should know. come up with a way to combine football with pro wrestling. There's <laughs> yeah. got to be a way to do it. Yeah. People, uh, the team should cut interviews after yeah. the matches, uh, like building up to a rematch next week. Uh-huh. But it's kind of interesting because I think that in some ways that kind of, that element of the sport of sport is kind of missing now. Mm. So like... Um, it's all people sleeping with each other's wives behind their well, backs. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I know I, know I keep going back to it, but it's, it's only sport I really watch. But in Formula One, things are so safe now yeah. that, pe- that, that kind of the older drivers are worried that the young drivers have what they're calling video game mentality because mm. they're used to playing video games and stuff that where you can just hit the restart button. They're being a bit more aggressive and they're not quite as respectful to other people on the road mm. because they just assume the car's safe you're not going to get you know no one's died for nearly 20 years yeah and and i think some other sports are a bit like that as well like mm. you know people don't you know they kind of hold back mm. which i you know it's it's kind of interesting yeah i mentioned last week a kind of the uh this is a non-secretary the unconventional framing of this film 
Yeah. Did you have a comment or even notice? Yeah, no, I did. I th- I, it's one of the things that I don't think I wrote it it's down. Things but like it's, people's heads aren't where they normally would be in the frame, or they'd be looking at what we would consider to be the wrong side of the frame. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it still works somehow. Yeah, I've seen that technique used on, on different things. This does it particularly well. And I think it's just, I don't know, it's, it's a way of kind of adding to the position of the character, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think they do it quite a lot during arguments in this film yeah to kind of i guess to kind of unsettle the viewer that little bit more yeah while two men are bellowing in each other's faces mm. yeah yeah no i think you think you're right and there, or there moments are, moments where the character is supposed to feel uncomfortable yeah exactly or yeah. isolated yeah um you know there's a lot of scenes where like michael sheen's either alone in the bedroom on a phone or yeah. um i think uh for example the, the, he has the argument with timothy spall on the beach on, yeah. on the jetty mm. and that whole argument is done in in kind of fairly close shots mm. um, and then when it ends it's just like a really long alienating long shot yeah of you know michael sheen on his own and mm. stuff so i think they really kind of thought about the framing in terms of adding to the feeling of the movie mm. which you know sometimes gets lost these days so that's two thumbs up movies this yeah week. good excellent to the internet in Poland, mm-hmm. this is Cursed League. Right. They're, all of them sound like anime series about football. Right. Brazil, Cursed Football Club. In Turkey, Damn Team. <laughs> Not damned, damn, damn. Damn Team. Hungary, the Cursed Leeds United. In Argentina, the new coach. Right. <laughs> and finally in Greece, this was Cursed Ball. <laughs> Amazing. Which, which might be an anime horror uh, horror porn movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, mo- uh, most reviews I found online were very positive for this as well. Right. Um, none of them are very funny. <laughs> I could do another shouty one that's written all in caps. <laughs> <laughs> Although one that for some reason uses very dated language. I found this video to be full of information about the Brian Clough days at Leeds United and I remember them well. After the Don Revy era at Leeds, there is plenty of footage of the team of the glory years of years ago, the good old days. <gasps> There's the full stop. Right. A good video for all, not only Leeds fans, but shows how the managers and coaches ran football clubs of that time. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> oh, that's something I meant to mention. Yes. Um, the chairman of Leeds United yes. was the twin brother of my form tutor from secondary school. The legitimate twin brother, or the, just looks like him? No, no, he is. Oh, okay. Le- actually, legitimate. He played by a guy called Henry Goodman, and his, okay. his brother Stan was my form tutor at school. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, I'm just going to move on to a one star, actually. Okay. Someone who doesn't doesn't like Michael Sheen very much. This is one boring film where Britain's greatest Blair impression is trying his hand at doing an impression of Brian Clough. The results are as poor as the film. It's so boring, and the question remains of why you should care about this character. Well, since Sheen can't act, you don't. Really boring. Interesting. I think he's brilliant. I've never met anybody who doesn't think Michael no, Sheen can't. No, I mean, this this does seem to be his forte, and I mean, I think there's one sentence where he did go a bit uh, David Frost, mm. but, on, you know, everything else, just that, you know, I, I, like I say, I've only seen footage of Brian Clough either in that film or on YouTube or what have yeah. you, and, and, you know, he's, it's so close. Mm within the realms of him being able to give it a performance as well. It's, yeah. it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and finally, there was one line that I could not resist. Right. It just says, it was the start of a one-star review and just says, Clough becomes camp slightly evil gay gangster. 
<laughs> Amazing. I assume that person didn't like uh, no. Sheen's performance either. No. We should talk about what we're going to do for next week. Okay. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? I can go. Mine's going to be really short. Okay, then. Um, because uh, we're going to do it first on the podcast. Okay. I'm going to pitch you a short film. Okay. Uh, but I did win an Oscar. I'm scared. Um, I, I This wasn't the film that I was going to pitch you, but I stumbled across it on Netflix and realised I haven't seen it since I was about eight years old. Okay. And it's a film I used to watch all the time when I was at my, my grandma's house. I think we had it taped on video off of uh, off of telly. Mm-hmm. Um, and weirdly, it's a French art house movie from 1956. Right. Because um, when I was a kid going around to my grandparents' yeah. house, that's all I would watch was French art house yeah. movies from well, the I 50s. Had that. Well, I had that. I think we had a slightly different upbringing yeah, my friend. There, there was that. Um, Speed Racer. Mm. Um Watership Down, and then what else was there? I don't know. She had a couple of others. I think a couple of Disney films. Mm. Um, but I remember watching this, and and I I found it was on uh, the US Netflix, which mm. I just did not expect, completely out of the blue. Um, so I thought I'd pitch it to you and and see what you thought of it. Um, it's called The Red Balloon. Okay. Um, and it's thirty five minutes long. Um, and it's about a, a young boy. Should be a nice easy watch for me. I've got time to watch it twice. This <laughs> exactly. Week. Yeah. Um, it's about a young boy and his. Friendship, friendship with a red balloon. Okay, um, and and that's pretty much it. Okay, um, the thing that disturbed me watching it this time around was I don't remember it being in French and having subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> um, that might just be because I was quite young when I watched it, so I just I just like you know I wasn't yeah. capable of taking that in of processing French. Yeah, um, I remembered so much of it. Um, that also surprised me. And also, the little boy in it looks uncannily like photographs of me when I was the same age. Right. Not necessarily his face, but like the same haircut and that kind of stuff. It was kind of kind of weird. Okay. Um, so I was a bit kind of like, oh, this is a bit odd. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's an interesting little film. Um, mm-hmm. just worth watching. I'm just intrigued to see what you make of it. Okay. And, and if it would have been the sort of thing you would have liked if you'd seen it when you were a kid. Hmm. That's interesting, because when I was eight years old, it was all about Mask and Transformers, I think. Same here. So I don't know, and you know, like Back to the Future and stuff yeah. like that. So I don't know why I used to watch this a lot. Maybe just because that's what was there. But yeah. um, I, I mean, it's one, it's one of those movies that I had significant memories of. Okay. Um, and kind of were uncovered by seeing it mm. pop up on the list of what I could watch. I'm just being surprised that it was there. Well, we'll see what 32-year-old Kieran makes of uh, eight-year-old Tom's film. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. How bizarre. Well, uh, I have something entirely different for you. Yay. Uh, I guess uh, we could call it a... Um, how would we describe this? Uh, I'm scrolling through my notes trying to, trying to work out. It would be a martial arts supernatural farce. Okay. Kind of. Right. Um, it's called Mr. Vampire. All right. Uh, from 1985. Yeah. Um, it was a massive hit in Hong Kong in 1985. I believe it was the third highest grossing movie of the year behind the year that year's Jackie Chan film and that year's Summer Hung film. Right. Um, that sounds about right, doesn't it? It spawned four sequels. Wow. Uh, multiple semi-related spin-offs, a mm. TV series, and a play. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'll give you the basic the basic gist. Um, Cal, 
played by a man called Lam Ching Ying, uh, is a Taoist priest who effectively also doubles as the town undertaker. Right. Um, he's asked to perform a reburial for a, a, a rich man's um, dead father. Mm-hmm. Uh, together with his inept students, uh, Man Choi and Chao Sang, um, Cao discovers that the corpse is still almost intact and looks practically alive. Um, they attempt to prevent the corpse from resurrecting by drawing magical lines over the coffin, right. but it still escapes uh, and becomes, um, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation here, a Jiangxi, which is a Chinese hopping corpse, of what they right. call a vampire. Okay. Uh, the vampire starts killing people, and Cal must track it down and stop it while also trying to break the spell a female ghost has cast over Chao Sang and stop Man Choi from turning into a vampire himself after he gets bitten in a battle. Right. <laughs> Okay, it sounds bonkers. The yeah, the best scenes are when it is bonkers, when all of that right. stuff is happening at once, okay. and Cow is having to try and deal with all of these problems <laughs> right. at the same Fair time, enough. and usually have a sword fight with someone. <laughs> right. Um, overall, it's not an amazing film. I'm not pitching this to you because I think it's the greatest example of Hong Kong cinema. Okay, fair enough. Um, I just rewatched it the other day. Uh, realizing it was on the the list of stuff that I owned and you hadn't seen. Right. Um. And there was enough that kind of made me laugh that I think okay. it's, a, it's a lot of fun. All right, cool. Uh, it's just a fun kind of 90 minutes. Yeah. You might recognize some people. Um, Lam Ching Ying plays Cow. Mm. He's the, that he's name the rings lead. a bell. Yeah, he was a uh, frequent collaborator with Summer Hung. Right. Um, he's in Millionaire's Express, right. uh, Eastern Condors, yeah. the Lucky Stars movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the action director on Prodigal Son, right? Okay. Uh, which is one of my favourite yeah, old yeah, yeah. kung fu movies. I love Prodigal uh, Son. If we're heading down that, um, heading down that road on this show, bear in mind I've not seen Knockabout, which I know you like quite a lot. Have you? No. I thought you. I thought we'd watch that together. I don't think. I don't. I don't remember it. Really? Certainly. Okay. Bear that in mind. I will bear that in mind because okay. that is a fantastic film. Um, uh, Man Choi, who's kind of the really dumb assistant. Right. Uh, it's played by a man called Ricky Hoy, um, who was a huge uh, Hong Kong comedy movie star in the 70s and 80s. Right. Uh, he, there was a series of films called uh, Aces Go Places right. and all that sort of thing. Uh, he's in Miracles, he's in Project A2. Mm-hmm. He was a big deal in the 70s and 80s. Okay. Um, and then the other assistant is played by Chin Su Ho, who is, who's kind of, he's a guy who should have been a big star and wasn't. Right. Have you, you've seen Fist of Legend, haven't you? Fist of Legend. Yeah. Jet Li film. Yeah. It's a, essentially a remake of Fist of Fury. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I, pretty sure I have, but I, I have to say Jet Li is one of those people I don't really remember a lot about his okay. movies. That's fine. He, like, out of all of the Hong Kong movie stars, he's the one that kind of least appeals I can, to me, I, I think. I can understand that. You know, I think he's very good, but yeah. I just uh, the movies just don't grab mm. me, with the exception of Once Upon a Time in China. Okay, because Fist uh, of Legend, I think, is like the Jet Li high water mark. It's, yeah, that's yeah. one of my favourite films. That's the one. Right. That's is that's the one with the massive fight in the dojo, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I know um, that could be any martial arts. Yeah, film true. Ever, but <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Chin is kind of his uh, a place. He's kind of friendly rivals. They have a really good fight in a courtyard. Right. Uh, when when Jet Li's character comes back. That's kind of what he's best known for. And yeah, Chin Su Ho is one of these guys who um, he should have been a really big star, but just wasn't. Right. Because he's, he's a good looking guy. He can act. He's an amazing martial artist and right. just never yeah, really right, took right. off. Um, his brother is better known than he is. Right. He's, his brother is a guy called Ching Kar Lok, right. who is uh, a game show host in right. Hong Kong and yeah. also Jackie Chan's unofficial stunt double. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, for example, Dragons Forever. Yeah. There's the fight with Benny the Jet at the end. Yeah. And uh, the last thing is this 
big kind of double spinning kick that mm. Jackie's character does. That's not Jackie Chan doing really? that kick. Interesting. Jim uh, uh He's also a drift racer. <laughs> right, <laughs> he did a lot. I think he did a load of car stunts in Thunderbolt. Right, which, incidentally, yeah. um, we're off on tangents here because yeah. we're into Hong Kong movies. Yeah. Um, we'll be finally getting a British UK DVD oh, release. Really? Soon. Yes, oh, it cool. was passed by the BBFC last month. Amazing. That's that. That's a film that it, overall not great, but it's got some nice little. There's there's two there. really good fight scenes yeah. in that film. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like the Summer Hung action showcase. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. I'm all over the place. And this film's a bit all over the place as well, to be honest. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, oh, two other people who pop up in this, although you won't see them. Okay. Uh, Yun Biao oh, yeah? and Yun Hua. Right. Both do stunts as the main vampire. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, cool. And I think uh, Yun Hua is the main guy under the makeup right. for most of it. Okay. Um, do we need a primer as to what the hopping corpse business is all about? I suppose you should kind of explain it, really. Um... Yeah, okay. Perhaps not necessarily for your benefit, but maybe for other people's. I'm gu- well, I'm guessing it's along the lines of a, a vampire anyway, right? Yeah, kind of. They still bite people. Yeah. They have um, kind of razor-sharp fingernails. Right. That In this film, at least, they used to kill people. Mm. Um, it has outstretched arms and hops uh, due to um, they, uh, rigor mortis, which they call blood thickening in this film. Right, okay. Um, uh, they're blind, and right. they detect living people by their breath. Okay. So there's a great scene of um, Man Choi and I can't remember the girl's name uh, trapped in a cupboard in a house with a, a vampire menacing them mm. and they're holding their breath and Man Choi has got a bamboo stick right. that he uses to direct his breath elsewhere in the room to get the vampire to hop <laughs> away from them. Um, the standout scene though is um, Cal gets arrested on suspicion of murder mm. uh, and he's locked in a jail cell. And there's this great comic battle that involves him, uh, his assistant, Chao Sang, uh, the chief of police, police, and the reanimated corpse of the chief's recently deceased uncle. <laughs> right, okay. Which is full of action and comedy and just yeah. creative stuff. Yeah. That's probably the, the the high point of this movie, I think. Awesome. Um, yeah. It's just 90 minutes of ridiculous Chinese fun. Cool, awesome. I like that. Good. Uh, one other note, actually. Golden Harvest, after the success yeah. of this film... Mm-hmm. Decided to try and make an English language version. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, they called it Demon Hunters. Right. Um, uh, they couldn't get Lam Ching Ying to reprise yeah. his role because he was off making another movie somewhere else. So they got Yuen Hua. Right. Um, I got, uh, Jack Scalia, who was in Dallas. Right. Uh, and Michelle Phillips from The Mamas and the Papas. Okay. Yeah. Uh, after, after Tanya Roberts from Charlie's Angels... Said no. Turn them down. Brilliant. Um, they all flew out to Hong Kong, and then they discovered that Yeonhua couldn't speak English well enough. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and after approximately five days, yeah. uh, uh, Raymond Chow, the head of Gold Harvest, pulled the plug and oh. said, we started, but we need not finish. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. Uh, but apparently, uh, Michelle Yeoh now owns the rights to make an English language version of the oh, story. Oh, really? Interesting. Uh, and still owns the option hmm. Uh 20 years on 25 years on wow. 27 years on oh, okay um so it could yet still surface interesting in english cool so there we go for next week we have some weird french movie about <laughs> in the balloon yeah. and some weird chinese movie about a bloke and some mobbing vampires <laughs> amazing so it should be uh fun for one and all yeah um i think it's time for us to wrap up don't you yeah absolutely
if you have anything to say about either of these films, if you've seen Mr. Vampire or if yeah. you've seen The Boy and the Red Balloon, I've forgotten the name already. It's just called The it's Red just Balloon. just called The Red Balloon. Oh, yeah. Much like The Boy and the Iron Giant. This is <laughs> yeah. just <laughs> <laughs> The Red Balloon. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at HYS Podcast, uh, Facebook.com slash Have You Seen Podcast. Uh, our blog is Have You Seen.net. Mm-hmm. And you can email us podcast at Have You Seen.net. Cool. The usual thank yous apply to Upbeat Productions for the use of the studio and to Alexia Mum for the use of his technical expertise. Yeah. We should, uh, we should go. Yeah, we're all um, done. As it says on the Battle Royale DVD, could you kill your best friend? And if it turns out only one of us is presenting next week, we'll have found out the answer. <laughs> Goodbye. Great.